The wild 2022 offseason continues in the NFL as Bruce Arians hands the reins over to Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay. Bobby Wagner goes from Seattle to Los Angeles. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on NFL. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, start of another week, and so that means you have me this time around, Kevin Ostriker, host of Locked On Ravens, bringing you Locked On NFL today. Of course, thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, and this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is who covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. A ton of content to dive into here today. We're going to start off in Tampa Bay with James Yarko of Locked On Bucks as we dive into Bruce Arians retiring from the head coaching position of the Buccaneers and handing the reins over to Todd Bowles. Well, there have been retirement and unretirement galore in Tampa Bay this offseason, and here to talk about it with me here, James Yarko of Locked On Bucks. James, it's been busy for you this offseason with all these retirements. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and yeah, it's it's been an exciting offseason. It's the the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows all wrapped up in a span of about two months. Right. And it's, you know, Tom Brady retires and you're thinking, who's the quarterback of this team now? Who's it going to be? Then he comes back. Then a very short amount of time later, you have Bruce Arians stepping away, retiring from the head coaching role of the Tampa Bay Bucks, And that role is now going to Todd Bowles, now former defensive coordinator there. I mean, James, how much out of thin air did this come to you? Is this a complete shock? Was it kind of something you thought could have been in the works? I mean, what, what was your initial reaction to this move? It was really, really surprising, honestly. I, you know, David and I have talked numerous times on Locked On Bucks that, you know, Arians is, you know, he's not going to be around for a very long time. So they kind of have to maximize the window that he's there. Then we kind of felt that he and, and Brady were tied at the hip. And when Brady left, Arians would leave and, and walk off into the sunset. Of course, there have been the health issues for Bruce over the course of the last few years. That's why he left Arizona and then was able to come back in a little bit more of a diminished role. Uh, you know, handing the play calling off to to Byron Leftwich and and things like that. So it was really surprising that it it came when it did. But personally, I felt that it was going to be coming sooner rather than later. I just kind of figured it would be after the 2022 season and not right before the NFL draft. Yeah, and with Brady coming back, you're kind of thinking, right? Well, things might just be the same as they were. They might bring in a couple of pieces, but then Arians goes, and now it's like, all right, this is going to be a little bit different this year for Tampa Bay, but not moving far from the coaching tree there with Todd Bowles coming in, and it feels like this was kind of the right decision for this team. They were kind of last in the coaching cycle because they came into it really late, but do you feel like Bowles is the right man for this job? I mean, he did wonders with that Tampa Bay defense. Didn't have a successful stint in New York with the Jets as the head coach, but how confident are you that Todd Bowles is the right man for this head coaching job? 
That's exactly something else that David and I have spoken about a lot over the course of the last really two years, that when Bruce Arian steps away, we felt that it was going to be the, the smart decision and the right decision to promote from within and bring Todd Bowles up as the head coach, try to keep that continuity there with as much of the coaching staff as humanly possible. You know, you have, you have Byron there as the offensive coordinator. Now you're promoting Larry Foote and Casey Rogers as co-defensive coordinators. Pretty much the entire coaching staff is still together. So it's not going to be too far removed from what we saw under Bruce Arians when you get right down to it. You left which and Brady were the ones really orchestrating the offensive game plan. Todd Bowles is still going to have a heavy hand in the defensive game plan. He says he's still going to be calling plays, which I'm not personally a huge fan of. I would rather he focus more on overseeing the, the team as a whole pass the play calling off to Larry Foote or Casey Rogers, but we'll see how how this works. I, you know, as far as his stint in New York, look, it was the New York Jets. And, and people can say what they want about the Jets, but I've seen Jets fans talking about how him winning 24 games with the list of quarterbacks that he had there was a miracle. It was like winning 40 games anywhere else. So he wasn't exactly dealt the best hand, which is why if the succession was a a kind of a idea or a, a thinking point it was right to do it now because Todd Bowles has basically been handed a royal flush instead of being you know dealt a bunch of twos and and sixes and and things of that nature so I have the utmost confidence in Todd Bowles and his ability to be able to lead this team to where many including myself believe they can go and that is another Super Bowl run. They came up short last year losing to the Los Angeles Rams, but they did so with an injured center, missing their right tackle, missing Antonio Brown, missing Chris Godwin. You know, there were a lot of of injuries at play there and and that Rams game was the first time that the entire starting defense was on the field together all year long. It was just injury after injury after injury. So they got they got bit by that bug, a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of crazy striptease dancing off of the field in the Meadowlands there. And, you know, I, I like Todd Bowles. I really do. And, and I think this is really an opportunity for him to show that he is a legitimate head coach in the NFL. Yeah, I feel like it is a little unfair to judge Bulls off of his Jets stint. I think he is a much more talented coach than the record ultimately shows. And you mentioned the games that he won there. It's almost like, all right, well, how did he do that? So I, I, I'm confident the Bulls can kind of, I guess, turn his coaching career around in Tampa Bay, but it doesn't have anything to be turned around because of the Jets that he did coach over there. But James, going back to Arians, can you kind of dive into what he gave to this Tampa Bay organization over his short time there? I mean, it seemed like, on and off the field. He was somebody who was respected in the organization and did so much for the team. So what, what are you going to remember about Arians' stint here in Tampa Bay? Just the attitude and the accountability that he brought to the franchise. This was a, a franchise that since firing John Gruden had been through coaches like Raheem Morris, Greg Schiano, Lovey Smith, Dirk Cutter, you know, guys that were not good head coaches. I do believe Raheem Morris has earned another opportunity and I think he's matured and grown in his role in the NFL as a coach. And, and I do believe we will see the day that Raheem Morris is a head coach once again. And I think he will be very successful when he gets that opportunity. But Bruce Arians brought stability. He brought accountability. He brought a mentality that was, we work for all of us in this building. 
we work for each other. We are going to go out there. We are going to attack. We are going to dominate. You know, we are going to hold each other accountable and we are going to win games as a result of that. You know, something that he did in Arizona is, is also something he did in Tampa. And that was preach the trust, loyalty, and respect. That's been his mantra for a very long time. And inside the walls there in Arizona, trust, loyalty, and respect are still painted on the walls from Arian's time there. So a lot of people, you know, want to look at Arians. It was a, it was a short stint for him. It was just three years, but in those three years, he has the highest winning percentage of any coach in Buccaneers history. Before Bruce Arians, the team had six playoff wins in franchise history. Arians got him five more, brings a Lombardi, brings in guys like Tom Brady, you know, to, to join this football team because without Bruce Arians, Tom Brady does not join the Buccaneers. He's not coming to Tampa to play for Dirk Cutter. He's not coming to Tampa to play for Lovey Smith or, or any of those guys. He came because the team was built well with a combination of Jason Light over the course of the years and then what Bruce Arians was able to do in his in his time there. And he came to play with Bruce and, and Bruce's track record speaks for itself. I do believe that this is a hall of fame coach and whether you want to take into account just his on field in game contributions, or you want to take it a step further as being the first head coach in NFL history to have three black coordinators on his staff, the first head coach in NFL history to have full-time female assistant coaches on his staff. He opened a lot of doors for a lot of people and he built a winning team by sticking to his guns and sticking with what he believed in and trusting his people and trusting people around him to do their job. Didn't matter what their color was. Didn't matter what their gender was. He believed in people and he was rewarded for that. And I think that's the legacy he's leaving behind in Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, it's certainly a massive one. And if you want to know how to get the most done in three years, you might want to go ask Bruce Arians about that because he certainly made a nice blueprint over there in Tampa Bay. But James, you mentioned Tom Brady. People see the timeline of Brady coming back, Arians retiring. It's Rumors have been swirling all around the NFL world. What's your opinion on those rumors? Was this maybe Tom Brady-led? He talked about the attach at the hip that these two seem to be. What are your thoughts on maybe if Tom Brady's return maybe sparked this retirement from Arians? I think it did spark it from the aspect of Arians was confident with the return of Brady. He could leave the team in good hands with Todd Bowles. I don't think Tom Brady sparked it from the aspect that a lot of people want to make it out to be with there was a rift between the two and Brady gave an ultimatum that if he was going to play, Arians had to be out. And uh, Rich Eisen did a phenomenal job. I'm not going to recap everything Rich Eisen said, but he did a phenomenal job on his radio show, kind of laying out the timeline and showing how that speculation and that rumor really truly doesn't make sense when you take it piece by piece all the way down the line. And I personally find it really hard to believe that Tom Brady would put up with Bill Belichick for two decades and he can't handle playing for Bruce Arians for more than two years. It just, it seems very silly to me. And it, it seems like something that people just want to talk about. It's something that they feel they need to talk about. And rumors are, are sparked from you know, Mike Florio over pro football talk. There's radio hosts in, in Boston that we're talking about Brady trying to force his way to Miami and, and, you know, hating Bruce Arians and all this stuff. I just don't buy it. And if Brady really, you know, was going to force this move, I don't think he's sitting front row at Bruce Arians goodbye press conference, because uh, again, credit to, to Rich Eisen, he put it really, really well. How sociopathic do you have to be to sit there in the front row and watch a guy say goodbye to a career 
when you were the reason that he was forced out. There were four players in attendance, and Tom Brady was one of them sitting in the front row. I don't buy the speculation that there was a rift between the two. Yeah, you know, people have to have stuff to talk about. It seems like a nice storyline there, so people will run with it. But, you know, Arian's leaving behind, again, that legacy you talked about, James. And Todd Bowles coming in into a very good situation, and it seems like he's the right man for the job. Still a ton of offseason left here. Were these Buccaneers to improve? James, this is a blast. Thanks so much for hopping on with me. My pleasure. Anytime. A big thank you to James for coming on, talking Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, and just that Tampa Bay team that should make a ton of noise again in 2022. Still a ton to talk about, though, here on Locked On NFL. Coming up, we're going to be diving in to the Bobby Wagner situation with Travis Rogers of Locked On Rams. But first, I want to tell you a bit about Athletic Greens. And our next partner, Athletic Greens, is a product that I use literally every day. And I started taking Athletic Greens because health is very important to me. And it's a thing that I really want to get down. And the whole team over there at Athletic Greens really does a great job at making sure that everybody stays healthy. And there's a ton of stuff that goes into this stuff. So with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole foods source superfoods, which is just great. It helps you start your day right, which for me is very important to be able to start your day right. And there are just a ton of reasons why I personally consume this. And really, it's, it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat anything like vegan or dairy-free or gluten-free, it, it really does cater to that lifestyle. And also, it's really important to take a multivitamin anyway. And so AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits too. So those are very good things to have. And so right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens can give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Also, betonline.net, it is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. I know we're in the finals here for March Madness. The national champion will be crowned for me. I picked Gonzaga and Illinois in the finals, and so I've been, I've been out of this thing for a while. But that doesn't mean you can't get in on the action with Bet Online, and they have a ton of great ways to do that. You can find all the latest sports developments, including also the Masters Championships, and Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, and you can also bet on NBA, NHL, and so, so much more. So go over to the website, use your phone to learn more about the trends in action, Bet Online, where the game starts. Still here on the Locked on NFL Podcast Monday edition, Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. And of course, thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen every day. Make sure you're following the Locked on NFL YouTube channel here. Locked on experts are covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And now we're going to dive into the Bobby Wagner situation. Wagner stays in the NFC West going from Seattle to the Los Angeles Rams. And we'll talk now with Locked On Rams host Travis Rogers about what that looks like in Los Angeles. One of the best free agents now off the market, courtesy of the Los Angeles Rams, Bobby Wagner going back home to Los Angeles here with me to talk about it now. Travis Rogers of Locked On Rams. Travis, the Rams have had a busy offseason. They're in LA defending that Super Bowl championship. How you doing? I'm great, Kevin. It's uh, it's a good time to be a Rams fan. They're 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 good and they're adding more good players. Very exciting. Yeah, and the addition of Bobby Wagner, I mean, what, deal for this team it's a five-year 50 million dollar contract could be up to 65 million dollars in bonuses now Travis this probably isn't a five-year deal in all likelihood there might be some 
play around with the money in the fourth, fifth years, whatever you want to call it there. But it was reported Wagner was looking for around a one year, $11 million deal. So what were your overall thoughts on the contract that the Rams ultimately brought Wagner in for? Yeah, I think the Rams are willing to do whatever it takes to get the players that they want. I think that they have a budget. I think that they stick to that budget pretty well. And that, and I'm talking individual guys. They have kind of have a number in mind. If somebody gets more than that number, they're willing to let them leave. I think we've seen that happen before. Um, but if they see somebody that they want in the free agent market, if they think that the player is going to help them win in the short term, they're very aggressive. I agree with you. I think that maybe the five years was maybe a little bit longer than maybe we thought it might be. But the Rams have made it very clear. They are not worried about what might happen three years from now, four years from now, five years from now. They are in that window to win Super Bowls right now. They won one last year. They were in one a couple of years ago, and they're willing to turn and burn that thing as quickly as they can in the short term. So that they went out and found another very, very good football player and paid him a lot of money to come to L.A. is not a surprise. Yeah, no, it really isn't. And now he adds to a defense that already has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So you kind of have three all-pro players at each level of the defense. I mean, just how much of a great, great luxury is that to have if you're a Rams fan to know that on each level of the defense you have that solid of a player? Yeah, it's really kind of their their secret sauce, right? That they're will because they're able to have such extraordinary guys, like you mentioned, in Donald, now in Wagner on that second level, and then Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. It allows them to maybe be a little greener, a little more inexperienced, perhaps maybe, you know, with all due respect, maybe a little under talented at some other spots because these guys can do so many different things that they're willing to play with an inexperienced safety. They're willing to play with an inexperienced corner on the other side. Maybe some guys in the middle of that defensive line that maybe aren't exactly, you know, high round draft picks or whatever. But because those other three guys last year it was Vaughn Miller, we've seen them be willing to kind of cover with extreme talent on one side to maybe make up for some inexperience on another. And, you know, without that guy in the middle, Vaughn Miller is out. Bobby Wagner's in not exactly the same position, um, obviously, but kind of the same general area of the defense. And they've got a plan and and, and they operate their plan as, as well as anybody right now. And I think you're starting to see a lot of teams around the NFL follow suit this offseason. You've seen more action than I think we've seen in a very, very long time, both draft picks going out, a lot of money being spent. And I think the Rams are the reason why that they showed that whatever your draft pick might be in 2024, five, six or whatever. So what? Give me the good player right now. Let's go see what happens. Right. When you talk about the definition of all in, the Rams certainly did that and it paid off for him. And I think you're right, Travis. Teams saw that and they say, hey, you know. We can, we can do that, too, and they've moved picks for quarterbacks, moved mm-hmm. picks for star defensive players, and I think that's a mold that the Rams kind of made the league more aware of than maybe they were a couple of years ago. But, Travis, you mentioned the Von Miller going out, Bobby Wagner coming in. I mean, how important was it with a star player like Von Miller? Well, I know some people might have expected back in L.A., he goes to Buffalo. Now you bring Wagner, and you mentioned not the same position, but how important was it for the Rams to get another star on that defense with Miller on the way out? Yeah, I think Miller's a perfect example of what we were talking about a second ago. The Rams had a number in mind that they were willing to go to. Buffalo went further, and they said, okay, you know, good luck, enjoy Buffalo. Um, I think you're right. I think not only does he bring a, a great deal of football experience, but he brings leadership, Bobby Wagner does, and that's something that Vaughn Miller brought to this team. Aaron Donald is obviously the backbone of this defense. Aaron Donald's probably the leader of the entire operation for the Rams, but He's a relatively quiet guy. He's not necessarily a particularly vocal leader. I think Von Miller allowed him to become a little bit more vocal. Maybe Bobby Wagner will do the same thing. Um, I think that there's just as much leadership replacement as there is anything else because they've had a little bit of a drain in that with Von Miller, Andrew Whitworth on the other side of the ball, and just having other guys in the building that have been through this as often as Bobby Wagner has, I think really helps them, not just from a football perspective, but from a leadership one. 
Yeah, and Travis, going into this offseason, because you kind of talk a bit about the middle linebacker position before Bobby Wagner and just maybe how much of a need this was and if the Rams really filled a hole here with the addition. Yeah, it's something that they've been struggling with really probably since Corey Littleton left the team a few years ago. And Corey Littleton was an undrafted player that they found was a special teamer who kind of developed into that middle guy. And they've had a, a handful of different guys go in there. Troy Reeder played most of their last year. He was a late round draft pick. For, uh, they, they played reasonably well for them. We've seen Ernest Jones kind of come in as a rookie and play reasonably well there. But this is kind of what we were talking about before. You've got inexperienced guys. you got maybe guys that aren't quite as talented as some of these other players. So when you go in and get somebody like that, and this has been kind of, I, I don't want to say the black hole, that overstates it a little bit, but that's been the one spot where perhaps they've been weakest on that defense for the last few years. And that's certainly not the case anymore, not with Bobby Wagner. No, not at all. Wagner's still at the very top of his game. Maybe not the player he once was in his very good prime, but still, I mean, one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL, no question. But Travis, what's the excitement level right now among Rams fans in LA with this addition? Was this something that Rams fans were kind of pining for and say, we need Bobby Wagner here? Or was it more of just a, yeah, this would be great, but you don't necessarily need him? You know, it's interesting that I, I think the Rams have entered this this phase of, of relevancy here in Los Angeles. It, it's it's hard to explain to somebody who's not here. The Rams are new. You know, for, for somebody that, that's my age and grew up with the Rams here in Los Angeles, it was pretty easy to get back on board with them. Um, but it's it was kind of, okay, let's see what they are. Now, they've been very, very good for the vast majority of the time that they've been here. And I think people are really starting to come and appreciate this team. And I think what Les Snead and, and certainly what Sean McVay has been able to do is They've earned the benefit of the doubt with the fans in a very short period of time. So if the team thinks they need Bobby Wagner, the fans are all in. If the team was willing to let Vaughn Miller go, I think the fans look and say, oh, a little bit of a surprise, but okay, you know, in, in less we trust, in Sean we trust that because they've been as effective as they have the last four years, almost no matter what they do, the Rams fans are willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I know that I, I speak for a lot of Rams fans. I cannot wait for this season to get going again because I think they're going to be very, very good. Uh, and they, you know, they've got the most important pieces. They've got the quarterback, they've got the coach, and they got the guy that goes to get the quarterback. That's the modern NFL. Yeah, and you talk about those pieces, Travis. What is next for this Rams team? The draft is obviously coming up here less than a month to go. Free agents are still out there. There are still some talented names. What's next for this Rams team in terms of needs that they could address? Yeah, I think the number one thing that they need to get done right now is find some guys in, in the secondary. Whether that's another corner, Darius Williams obviously left. They're going to have to replace him. Maybe Robert Rochelle is the guy that steps into that role. But I would not be surprised to see them draft more on the defensive side. They, they do have eight picks. They don't have anything. I think their, their first pick is 106, or I think that that's what it is. But they have a lot of picks in the middle to the back half of the draft. They've been very good at finding players there. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw corners and safeties in that and, and maybe a little offensive line depth. I think those are the two places that they really need to focus on. Yeah, well, still a lot of offseason left sure and a lot is. of moves left for this Rams team to make. And one of them is the addition of Bobby Wagner. Travis, this was great. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kevin. Travis providing great insight. We're going to get more great insight from Corbin Smith coming up of Locked on Seahawks as we talk about the other side of that situation. But first, let me tell you a bit about Bill Bar. And this is the time of year people give up on their New Year's resolutions all the time. And some of those resolutions are eating healthy. But now you have an option to continue that resolution with Bill Bar. And I'm sticking to my resolution. I hope you are too. And if you haven't tried the Bill Bar Puffs, Really, really amazing. The first ever protein-infused marshmallow, and that means they're super, super fluffy, and they're not just a protein bar. I mean, they really are a treat. They taste really, really good. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and the bars are low-calorie, high-protein. They contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. And for me personally, 
My favorite is mint brownie, but they have a ton of other flavors as well, including coconut and coconut almond. And so go to built.com. You can use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Still with you here, Locked on NFL Monday edition. Kevin Ostreicher is here with you. And now we're going to talk to Corbin Smith of Locked on Seahawks. But first, be sure to make your second listen, Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback, Eric Crocker, bringing the NFL Draft to life with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And again, thank you for making us here on Locked on NFL your first listen Every day, but let's dive into it now. Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks talking Bobby Wagner. We know where Bobby Wagner went, but what about the team he is going from? Now joining me here, Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks. And Corbin, it's been a busy offseason for you with Russell Wilson departing. And now it's Bobby Wagner. How you doing? Well, you know what? It's been survival mode for the 12s out here in the Pacific Northwest. When you when you see two of your Hall of Fame pillars both leave within 24 hours and one of them ends up with the Broncos. The other one now is staying in the NFC West. You get to see him twice a year for however long that he's with the Los Angeles Rams. So it's been a hard offseason for the fans out here to stomach. And unfortunately, this is how this business goes when it's time to end one era and begin another. Right. And I, I want to start there with you, Corbin, because there were pretty much two options for Wagner. It seemed like it was the Ravens and it was the Rams. Now, in one instance, you get Wagner out of the, not just division, but the conference. He goes to the AFC. Now he stays in the NFC West twice a year. You play him. What are your initial thoughts of that? And what's kind of the mood in Seattle right now about Wagner's decision to go to a division rival and play there? From a fan perspective, I'd say it's really a 50-50 split right now how fans have reacted to this. Of course, you've got plenty of fans out here that are upset at Bobby Wagner and they feel like he owed them better than this to go to a division rival, which I think is nonsense. I mean, the Seahawks were the ones that didn't want him anymore. They were the ones that decided, oh, he's got a $20.35 million cap hit. That's too expensive for him being an aging linebacker, so we're going to cut him. They made that choice. Bobby Wagner doesn't owe the franchise or the fans anything. And he's from Los Angeles. This is a defending Super Bowl champion, the chance to play with Aaron Donald, go close to home. All those factors, it made way too much sense, especially with the money that the Rams offered him. Now, I don't know how many of these years he's actually going to play out on his contract, uh, but nonetheless, this is a way better deal than I thought he was going to be able to get as his own agent at this stage in his career. And he was able to make it happen. And I think a lot of Seahawks fans understand that. And there are a lot of them that really respect Bobby Wagner. I will say this, Bobby Wagner's departure has been taken much better, even with his choice going to the Rams, than how things played out with Russell Wilson ultimately forcing his way out and going to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and there seems to be just a huge respect factor throughout all of Seattle with Bobby Wagner, and it goes both ways. Wagner posting on Instagram, thanking the city, thanking the team, although we did note that it didn't end positively. He still has a lot of love, it seems like, for the city and the fan base. Corbin, can you kind of go through your memories with Wagner a little bit, just what he brought to this franchise, this city, and everything he did on and off the field? Well, starting on the field, you look at the production. He joined Ray Lewis and London Fletcher, as only the third defender in the NFL since 1987 to have 10 consecutive 100 tackle seasons. I mean, the guy has just been a beacon of consistency. Eight All-Pro selections, with six of those being first-team All-Pro selections. And he did that in a decade with the team. An incredible talent that 
really lifted the entire team around him. They lost so many pieces over the years. You saw Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor leave. K.J. Wright left last year. 54 was the one rock-solid, consistent, elite talent that they had that was here throughout that entire 10-year period. And so from that perspective, Seattle's got a big spot to fill there. They've got big shoes to fill, even though he, I think, showed some significant signs of decline last year in a number of ways. He was still a fantastic player last year, and he deserved the second-team All-Pro that he got off the field the amount of things that he has done for the community. And what I've personally appreciated him the most for is his willingness to talk about non-football subjects in press conferences. Last year, he opened every single press conference talking about either you know black businesses in the area or talking about a book that he read or businesses and investments. He was talking about things that really matter in life that weren't football related. And it was really a fresh perspective. And you always felt like you got everything that came from Bobby Wagner was real and it was genuine. And I think fans embraced him for that. And the fact that he put his money where his mouth was off the field, the charities and different stuff that he did to contribute to the community, along with the fact that he was a tackling machine on the field and made a lot of big impact plays in the regular season and playoffs over the years. It really made him a revered figure here in Seattle. And so while there might be some that are showing some animosity towards him right now for going to the Rams, uh, whenever the time comes, fans are going to be really happy to put his jersey number up in the rafters and be part of the Ring of Honor, eventually in the Hall of Fame as well. He's going to be a beloved figure here in Seattle because he didn't make the choice to leave. The team made that choice. Right, and no question, he's he's going to be a part of all the honors in Seattle and, of course, making his way to Canton one day. But, Corbin, what the team as it currently is right now, Seattle has that big hole to fill that Wagner has left. And there are a couple options they could do to fill that need, whether it is guys already on the roster, uh, maybe a high draft pick or even a free agent. How do you see the team filling that Wagner hole as they move forward here? Well, they really like Cody Barton, who's entering his fourth season. And Barton started the last two games of last season in place of Wagner, who had a knee injury the last two games. And he played really well in those two games. Early in his career, he was playing more of that strong side linebacker where he's playing near the line of scrimmage. And that was not a good fit for Cody Barton. He's more of a drop back off the ball cover linebacker with good athleticism. And so him playing that Mike spot, which he hasn't been able to play up to that point because Bobby Wagner's been Mr. Durability, has not missed games. They finally got to see what he could do, and he played really well in those two games. So they are optimistic that Barton can be the guy at least this year and maybe be the guy for years to come. They just have to see an extended period of time with him starting. That being said, I would not be surprised at all if John Schneider with one of those four picks they have in the first three rounds decides to pick a linebacker because this group I think is an underrated linebacker group, particularly the off ball guys. I'll even go as far as saying I would not be completely shell shocked if they picked a linebacker with their first round selection. They really, from what I've been told, like the Lloyd kid from Utah, if you want him, you're probably going to have to pick him in the top 15 picks because he's considered by many to be the number one linebacker in this class. I think they'll go another direction, but I would not be surprised at all if they went, with Lloyd with that first-round pick, I think Seahawks fans would light their torches if they did that because they picked Jordan Brooks a couple of years ago, and he's going to be a very good player. But 
they have to fill Bobby Wagner's shoes, and that might be one way they look at it. They could use their second rounders, one of those picks as well, and maybe even their third rounder. There's some good depth at the linebacker position. So they've got a lot of options. It sounds like they're really high on Barton, but again, you want to give yourself plenty of options. They, they could bring somebody in on day three to compete against him as well. So all of those different avenues are on the table. Yeah, there are. And you mentioned Devin Lloyd, who's a phenomenal prospect. There are also players later in the draft. You mentioned maybe a day three pick comes in, can contribute. This is a very deep inside linebacker class. But Corbin, another hole that Wagner has left is that leadership void that you talked about. Who on this team is ready to step up and be a leader, maybe in the place of Wagner this season? So I think Quandre Diggs, who just got a three-year, $40 million contract, I think he now takes over as that unsung leader of the defense. And he's already told the media, I'm not changing how I do things, which I think is perfect. He doesn't have to suddenly become Mr. Rah-Rah and be more vocal. But, I mean, he is the senior veteran leader now of this defense. And I think Jordan Brooks is going to step into that role. He's kind of been that side guy Biden his time with Bobby Wagner still there, but Jordan Brooks, I think, has those leadership qualities. He's a pretty quiet guy as well, but lead by his actions. So I would expect that Jordan Brooks and Quandre Diggs, and of course, Jamal Adams has to be thrown into this mix as well. Adams, it's his responsibility. He needs to be a leader for this defense. So those three guys I would expect are going to be the cornerstones in terms of leadership on defense, on offense. I think DK Metcalf is ready to step into that role. He said that in the Kevin Garnett podcast. I'm expecting that to be the way that this is trending because they're going to have a new quarterback. They don't have a lot of experienced pieces on the offensive line as it stands. So a lot of that weight is going to fall on Metcalf, assuming, of course, that he is still here for this year. Yeah, that's right. Rumors are swirling right now across Seattle with DK Metcalf. So assuming he is there, it feels like he could be a big leader. But you mentioned those three guys on the defensive side of the ball. Wagner left a lot of holes to be filled, but it seems like Seattle has some of the players to step up. And we'll see what else they add throughout the offseason. Corbin, thanks so much for coming on here. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Kevin. Two phenomenal perspectives from Travis and Corbin on opposite ends about the Bobby Wagner situation. One team gaining Wagner, the other team losing Wagner. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on NFL. Thank you for tuning in, and we will have more content for you here tomorrow in all podcast platforms. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we will see you here tomorrow.